0: The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network.
1: We live in an on-demand world, time, weather, meals, and content. That's why The Truth Network has the Truth Podcast Network. Some of your favorite Truth Network programs, plus some that are podcast only. Rich content that is rich in the word.
0: The Truth Network's Lantern Rescue Podcast sheds light on the horror of human trafficking. Listen to the knit and grit it takes to make these international rescue operations possible. With God's help, the USA-based Lantern Rescue Team travels the world, and they have so many stories to share. The Lantern Rescue Podcast at truthnetwork.com. St. Joseph's Indian School is much more than a school for Native American children.
1: It's like a family. Classes are fun here. I am learning about my culture. Since
0: 1927, St. Joseph's Indian School has provided children the education, health care, and support they need to succeed. To help give our kids brighter futures,
1: learn more at stjo.org today. welcome back hope you had a great weekend. It was kind of funny watching everybody freaking out last week about what was happening in the House of Representatives I don't think uh well I don't think i I know that the vast majority of Americans really have very little knowledge of our nation's history and so what you saw happen uh in the House of Representatives last week and the back and the forth and the arguing and the and the shouting and then the deal making back and forth and another vote and another vote and a vo- another vote even though That had not happened in terms of the Speaker of the House. In 100 years, it's happened uber amounts of times uh, previous to that. That was very normal. Our our, uh, representative republic is based on debate and argument and compromise. And that's the way it's been since day one. We couldn't even get a constitution in place without that. So what you saw was the American system – Uh, In operation. And I was listening to Sean Hannity on my way into the studio today, which I try not to do very often because it drives me nuts at this point. But he was complaining that he had wished they had done that stuff behind the scenes because there's people in middle America that they don't really want to see that stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) quit playing to the lowest common denominator. That was a uniquely American experience. It worked. It worked. And they held Kevin McCarthy and his supporters' feet to the fire. And so uh, Representative Dan Bishop from North Carolina uh, has become a friend. And so we were texting earlier today. I'm going to get him on. He was one of the 20. That was saying, I'm not signing anything until we get a bunch of this stuff dealt with. So we'll talk about that today, even though on a full Money Monday, we don't usually talk politics directly, but uh, we will a little bit today because there's so much going on there and what happens in the House and understanding the limitations of what can happen in the House because the Senate, hopefully you know this, is still controlled by the Democrats. So we'll touch on that and a bunch of other things today with our good friend David Fisher, who's back for a full Money Monday here on Monday, January 9th. David, great to see you. Happy New Year. Oh, happy new year. It was a something else to
0: watch that happen for the 15th time. Yes. And I'm so I'm I'm with you too. I don't like listen to, and I don't Sean Hannity and I'm not against him. I just don't, I don't believe what he's, what we should have done, what he thought we should have. Yeah, we should. This is how our government exactly does work. And because we brought it, the Nancy Pelosi leadership has done so many things behind the scenes. Right. This finally got out in the open, which is a completely different leadership style, which is the leadership style of our country. And so we've had what we've got used to is the unnormal for 20-some years. Right. now we get back to normal, and it's like feels foreign. Right. Yeah. Isn't that sad? We're going to talk about this from a – we don't talk politics, you and I that much – But this is the financial thing that's going to help us out. Right. I think it's a good thing. It could cause some problems. But I think in the end, from a financial aspect, we're going to talk about that. And I I loved what happened. I don't like the nonsense that we couldn't agree 15 times to get there. But I like your senator that said he's holding out until we get all the important things in. That's right hammered
1: out. Yeah, so you know, and that uh, especially with things like Nancy Pelosi where everything was done behind behind the scenes and you know, they're going to drop a 4,000-page bill on the representatives and ask them to vote for it later that day. I mean, that's one of the things, one of the concessions they got is no, we're not going to vote on anything until uh we've got at least 48 hours to review these bills and even then, when they drop a 4,000-page pile of junk on your desk, uh good luck with that even though you have a you have a staff of about 14 or 15 in the house. It's still going to take a lot of work to get through that. So uh, ultimately, with Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House, uh, how do you think with – and again, I want everybody to remember, we still have divided government. This is a huge praise that we have the House of Representatives for Republicans because at least you know there's not going to be any pro-Biden legislation coming out of Congress. But what does it mean uh, in terms of the government and us financially, David? How do we read it from that perspective?
0: So obviously, he had to give up a lot to become Speaker. But I don't, I think all those things he had to give up were actually blessings personally, because there's some senators that were asking for some pretty normal things that we have always had for decades. And that's, and financial things like, how about having committees of 12 subcommittees and having those 12 committees vote for the appropriation bills. So this, this. One, one thing he had to give up is saying, we're going to go back to the old way right. that's been handed, handed for decades upon decades. Do you, How this has been done is we throw everything into one big bill. It's called an omnibus bill. And so all this junk gets put in there. I'm simplifying it so that if we don't pass it, then they default and we, and, Or we don't raise the debt ceiling, we go into a possible default, and so this is push. This is designed by makeup to make sure you pass everything that the Democrats want to pass. Right. And so this new way is going back to the original way, where you hammer out in twelve subcommittees the appropriations, like the agricultural committee, the the Justice and Science and Related Agency Committees, the Food and Drug Administration, every area of the government that gets funding, each one stands on their own. And that goes before a bill on its own, not with all these little things that gets hidden in it. And that's what this this vote was about. And we got it. Yeah. So now... We don't have we all those bills, those 12 bills, appropriation bills are passed before the end of the year. And so when we pass a budget, we know that these 12 bills are going to be included in it. It's not a a debate anymore. The last time we had this thing happen that way was Clinton was in office. Oh, boy. And we've only done it four times in 40 years. So this whole new way of doing things under the Pelosi influence regime her saying this is the norm, that's not the norm. We're getting back to the norm right. under this, and we're getting back to term limits. We're also going to say you have 72 hours minimum to read uh, read the bill. So in other words, this whole idea of the Obama Care Act, say right. we pass the bill, read it later. Yeah, that's, that's what, what Nancy
1: sense. said. We'll, we, we'll, we'll know what's in the bill after we pass it. We'll <laughs> read it after we pass it.
0: So we're not tying everything to a debt ceiling. In fact, they they want to have a clean debt increase. Now, Republicans that have been pushing for this, they got a lot of things done. But I think the biggest thing is the appropriations bill. Yeah. That's how the country is normally being run. We've been distorted for twenty years. That's right. And now we're getting years. back to the
1: norm. We're up against the break, David. Hold yeah. on. Hold that thought right there. We'll keep talking about that in a little other uh, details. A lot to talk about today on a full Money Monday with Steve Noble and David Fisher. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, a full Money Monday today with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. Landmarkgold.com is his website, as always, and talking about a little bit about politics because uh, the question from a Money Monday perspective, David, is how much does this change in leadership in the House, the House only, not the Senate. So now you have a divided Congress. So the House under Republican control and the leadership of Kevin McCarthy can pass all kinds of Uber conservative stuff. They can pass all kinds of fiscally responsible stuff, but it's going to go over to the Democrats and the Senate and they're going to reject every single piece of it. And so at least we know that nothing... Biden would love is going to be coming out of Congress, so it's a stalemate. It's going to be kind of frozen there. Uh, But are there some upsides to any of this? You were mentioning as they came up with some of the rules that they'll actually go back to normal when it comes to dealing with budgetary issues and break it down into the 12 different committees who deal with it based on subjects so that once you have a a budget bill come through, you know it's already been argued uh, and it's split up into a understandable and, and logical points. But but what else that might happen here? And and I know we gotta talk about the IRS and all that, but how could this be positive for us financially?
0: So this you know the old adage lead by example. We're actually doing it the way the Constitution was set up to do it. Yeah. Back to the you know back to square one as they say. And so hopefully this is going to put some pressure on the Democratic side, to get back to square one, two, so we can actually, and it, does, it doesn't take away debate. In fact, this might increase debate. I think it would. And this could maybe increase such debate on the floor where we might have people, you know, wanting to fist fight. They kind, of, yeah. kind of came close to that, yeah. even on the 15th uh, vote here. And I understand that. But I'd rather have healthy debate talking about mm-hmm. the elephant in the room, saying if we don't do something about our debt, and instead of you know doing all or nothing, shut the government down. This because this one of the things that he had to give up was if you're going to raise the debt ceiling, you also got to lower somewhere you're going to spend. So let's get this thing balanced out. So this is could be a very good thing. It's a certainly a step in the right direction yeah. as far as your and my and many of our listeners' standpoint. But you know the minority leader Hakeem Jeffries criticized this whole yeah. thing and yeah. saying this is going to hold. The American citizen captive for the next two years. I think it's going to set them free. Yep. I think it's going to, you know, where the Senate is set free will be free indeed, and this is creates the the open conversation where wisdom and knowledge comes full front to the American citizen. Yeah. Those that want to watch this.
1: Yeah, let them, let them argue it out and let them uh, put the, the their principles and what they believe in on the table. And then that's the process. That's the way a representative republic works. Democracy can't exist without the uh – uh uh, the necessity of compromise. It's just one of the principles that has to be there and that needs to happen publicly. So we should all be uh, happy for that. And then unfortunately, because of the lame Republicans in the Senate, we're stuck with the omnibus bill that they passed just a few weeks ago, which was completely cowardice, especially our two senators from North Carolina who are a complete embarrassment, Tom Tillis and uh, uh, Burke. And, and it's just disgusting what those guys have done. But but what about the IRS? Because McCarthy, those guys are going to probably take that up this week uh, because they, you know, the last omnibus bill and all that mess and, and part of the Biden uh, rescue plan was adding 87,000 agents to the IRS, which is the last thing this country needs. But are they going to be able to do anything about that?
0: So there, it's already in the works. Uh, Steve Calice, the Republican out of Louisiana, says we've already been working on this it, the legis- the actual verbiage, the leg- legislation is ready to go. That's his terms, quote unquote. Um, so it's going to be brought to the floor over the next two weeks, according to Steve uh, Scalise. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Scalise. So McCarthy is this is probably going to be number one or number two on his list? Will it get anything done? Uh, it's going to be fought by the the other side. Yeah. Let me give you an update on how bad this is, because you remember President Biden and I'm not here to throw stones at presidents, but we have to call out what is wrong, right, exactly, wrong. yeah, it's just the, tr- the administration clearly said it's not going to target anybody under four hundred thousand in their in their salary in their what their what they made per year. Well, I have in my hand the report uh, that was produced last Wednesday from Syracuse University. Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse are called TRAC. This is public data. It uh, they pulled the the data from the IRS. So this is the data from the IRS put out by secure uh, Syracuse University. And despite what was said in political gain to get this bill done. Here's the results of the facts by the IRS says it did just the opposite. The report says that the quote, the taxpayer class will unbelievably have high audit rates, a five and a half times virtually compared to anyone else Mm. were the low income wage earner. So in other words, that's the quote, taking the earned income tax credit. The person who's taking a earned income tax credit, who's a low wage earner, has five and a half times more um, audit that happened last year. This is not predicting it. This Gee. is what actually happened last oh, yeah. year. Then the millionaire or billionaire or the person making over four hundred thousand dollars. They also went on and said that noting the poorest taxpayers are the easy marks in the era when IRS increasingly re- relies upon correspondent audits, yet doesn't have the resource resources, excuse me, to assist taxpayers or to answer their questions. So in other words, these low income people who had more questions probably than high income couldn't get somebody to answer the phone, The IRS to help them out because there was not enough funding. That's what this funding is supposed to be for, but where it's going is to audit the low income wage earner and make sure IRS agents carry a gun and can, can, um, arrest people. So, this is completely opposite of what we were told in the Inflation Reduction Act.
1: But wait a minute. I, I thought the Democrat Party was the champion of the little guy.
0: <laughs> Again, that's verbiage, and rhetoric, <laughs> right. and political talk. It sounds
1: more it like the opposite of Robin Hood. We rob the poor to pay the rich, right? Because that's exactly the, what they're doing. I mean, both sides are guilty of it, but, but the Democrats particularly are, are talking out of both sides of their mouths. It's really amazing.
0: So hopefully McCarthy can get this thing through on the Republican side, right. and we can put pressure on the Democratic side with reports like this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and hopefully it becomes public enough that it will steer either the Democratic side to defund some of this and or the next major voting in two years, we will have a different type of leadership in office yeah. and we can get this thing done put in proper perspective.
1: Yeah, this is you really have to remember that they're that they're and, and they don't have a choice. They have to play the long game here Yes, exactly. because they can't play the short game because of the Senate is still controlled by the Democrats, which a lot of people uh, get the blame for that. But coming in two years, if you have the right lineup in terms of a presidential candidate, I would suggest that should be DeSantis. And and then if you could actually right. and the Democrats, actually, if you look at who's up in the Senate in 2024, they are much more vulnerable than the Republicans. They, they're very vulnerable in the next Senate race uh, coming up in two years. So we'll see about that when we come back. Let's, let's talk about spending and debt. Uh, do we have any hope whatsoever in 2023 that that's going to slow down at all? We'll talk about that. Uh, is 2023 going to be a booming year? Other people are saying it is. Other people are saying it's going to be worse. And then, of course, we'll talk about gold and silver with David Fisher when we come back right after this. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, a full Money Monday with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. LandmarkGold.com, as always, is his website. Uh, spending and debt in 2023. David, do we have uh, any hope there now that we've have the, the Republicans have control of the House? And they can apply pressure. I think they can use a spotlight. One of the things that I'm most excited about. Is going to be investigations. They're going to go investigation crazy, which needs yep. to happen because there's so much garbage going on up there in the swamp and, and really hope that they actually do that and that they'll get enough media to pay attention that we can actually get to some truth here in our country. But in terms of spending and debt, do we have any hope whatsoever that anything is going to move in the right direction this year? Well,
0: I, th- I think maybe this is more my wishful thinking <laughs> our country, the best intent it really has and wants to do uh, because we're going to have some gridlock now Mm -hmm. i think we're going to have less spending i think that's a given Uh, but i look at it this is kind of like uh oh you wrecked your car maybe you can still drive it it doesn't look the same but now you got to pay for the fix of it right so the fix is coming for our debt and i i did i was thinking about you that uh yesterday And Saturday afternoon, because I went to the national debt clock. Oh boy. And did a lot of work and did some comparisons. Because I know that you bring that up quite a bit. And, you know, I've used it before, but I never have researched it as in depth Mm -hmm. as I did over this weekend. Let me share something that was kind of a startling fact that concurs, confirms, excuse me, what we've been talking about foreigners selling our debt. So what's been happening, obviously, the debt's been going up. If we go back to year 2000, the national debt was at $5.7 trillion. You can go to the national debt clock, do, like you said, go into the time machine and go backwards. Our national debt today is is uh, $31.5 trillion, just shy of it. It's about ready to turn over that probably next week. So back to 2000, the national debt was $5.7 trillion, and $1 trillion of that was held by foreigners. Mm. We go to 2012, foreigners are holding $5 trillion of the $15 trillion national debt, $14.8. We get to 2016, just four years later, the national debt goes up almost $5 trillion, and the holding of our debt by foreigners only goes up $1.2 trillion to $6.2 trillion. So what's happening is the national debt is escalating, much faster than foreigners mm-hmm. are buying our debt. From 2016 to 2020, here's a startling number, it only goes up $800 billion while the national debt went up $6 trillion. And four more years later, it goes from 2023, 2020 to 2023 now, national uh, foreigners holding our debt goes from 6.9 trillion to only 7.1 trillion mm. it only goes up 200 billion dollars yet the debt goes from 25 and a half trillion to 31 and a half yeah so they're slowing down and when you look into the future of the deck clock the time machine three years from now four years from now 2027 Foreigners step back, holding our debt from right. 7.1 trillion, the peak down to five and a half trillion, and that the debt goes from 31.5 trillion currently to 44 trillion. So this is tells us, so, and the Fed is backing away from our debt right now. Right, while interest rates are going up to attract people to buying the debt. This is a environment that this tells us something bad is going to happen because foreigners are aggressively. Aggressively backing away from holding yeah, our debt. Yeah,
1: they're divesting big time. They're not it's investing. Like- the more debt we go into, the less interest they have in buying our debt. And 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 God bless them for it, because why would you? <laughs> yeah. When the company's We're tanking, them an incentive to buy our debt right. by a higher yield. Yeah, and when the company's tanking and and the company's going down and they go, hey, we're going to pay you more dividends. You're like, yeah, but we know pretty soon you're not even going to be able to afford your dividends. So why would I put more money into a dying entity? Yeah, that's really alarming.
0: It is alarming. The last six years has really been a change. And that's why I've been saying on your show, we've been together, I think, almost eight years now, seven years. There's something that's been escalating here, and I never looked at it that detailed, and it's like, I'm blown away by the numbers. Man. I thought they would be holding a lot more debt than $7 trillion. Right. We (laughs) get to the personal aspect of this, the taxpayer. When the national debt was $5.7 trillion, the taxpayer responsibility was $56,000. These round numbers here. The debt today, $31.5 trillion, the taxpayer responsibility is 247000 Yeah, not
1: fifty-seven.
0: Not $57,000. dollars more. So this tells us they're putting the debt burden on the taxpayer, mm-hmm. not the foreigner anymore. Right. And this personal debt per person in 2000 was 27,000 and now it's 72,000 so the citizens going into debt and their savings in 2000 was $6,500 now it's slightly over 5,000 yep so we're saving less the burden is going on we're we're carrying more debt as a person cuz that's what the world wants us to do that's what the government is saying the government's going into debt they're saying foreigners are backing away from it the numbers show it and they're going to put all this on the back of the citizen and that's where it's getting ready for this bailout
1: now you yeah and you want you want to draw some deafening silence when i go through this in my classes with my high school age students and I show them this and I show them what their debt per citizen is. I said, this is you now because none of you are really paying any federal income tax. This is your debt right now per citizen, per kid in this room is 94 grand. But once you become a taxpayer, a federal income tax payer, it's a quarter of a million. That's $246,000, eight hundred eighty-six. Uh, that's on your head as soon as you become a taxpayer. And then I show them you know, our debt to GDP ratio, which is right down the page just a little bit on the usdebtclock.org, that you go back to 1980, it was uh, our debt to GDP ratio is 34.5%. Today, it's 121, coming up on 122%. And you just put that into your household budget and you go, oh, yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
0: And in year, I think it was year 2006, we went over 100. Maybe it was 2016. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. But it wasn't too long ago we went Mm. over 100% debt to GDP. Nope. And when when a country does this, that means you're, you're headed down a slippery slope because every time you add more debt, you're increasing your debt load and your ability to pay that off. And the theory is let's just stimulate the economy to pay the debt off. Well, we now we know does, that theory does not work. It doesn't work. So the only other theory is default or seize their citizens money. Right. A bail in. Yep. So I thought we were further away from this prior to a week ago. <laughs> I think it's staring us in the face. Yeah. And I think the pushing of the Democrats or the P- Republicans pushing the Democrats we could actually have a big heated conversation yeah. this summer when the debt ceiling needs to be raised and nobody's willing to give in. And we have these people who voted McCarthy into place saying, wait, wait a second. You, We kept our part of this. You got to keep That's your right. part. That's right. And they force a government default shutdown, which ends in a default. I can actually see that this time happening because of the nature of what just happened. Yeah. In- the fifteenth vote, fifteen. Yep. Series of voting because of the
1: pressure, and in that conversation, and that 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 has to happen. That 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 war has to happen in order yep. to, re- to have any chance of any sanity over the next fifty to hundred years. Because when you start looking at the unfunded liabilities, all the way at the bottom of the page. And you're up to $173 trillion in the next 50 years is unfunded liabilities. Then then the whole thing just starts to collapse. So you have to—it's not going to get fixed overnight, but it has to start somewhere. So we have to be praying for these people in authority, according to the Scripture, that, that God will give them wisdom and a backbone to do what needs to be done because they've been kicking the can down down the street for years and it's going to it's going to just destroy the generations coming behind us so some real quick david some people are saying 2023 this could be a great year i think mostly what i'm hearing is actually this could be worse than 2022 so just in general we're coming up on the break in about a minute just kind of kick off your thoughts there then we'll finish that on the other side of the break and talk about gold and silver as well
0: last week the imf said it's going to be worse year than 2022 blackrock said it's going to be a worse year than 2022 Alan Greenspan said we're going to have a recession more than likely and the one of a large hedge fund that was the most successful they had a hundred and sixty three percent return on their investors money we're talking about Eagles view capital management they set up another fund betting against all this and they said we're in this bet called short positions they said for the next several years the pain is not yet over yeah,
1: wow. Yeah, and you like to think since they had such a good was that their return last year, David?
0: 163%. Oh you my goodness.
1: Yeah, it sounds like Obi-Wan or somebody else is in there. That's crazy. They've and been you should betting probably
0: against the Fed, betting yeah. against the market. Most people are not wanting to bet against the right. Fed or bet against the market. They were doing that and that's why they had And that's how huge it paid return. off.
1: Huge return, 163%. We'll pick it up there when we come back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you today with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. Landmarkgold.com is his website, as always. Doing a full Money Monday today. So much to talk about as we move into the new year. And and right before we hit the break, David, and again, thank you for your time, that we were uh, just kind of some people are saying 2023 is looking great, but people like the IMF and BlackRock and uh, Greenspan, who used to be the head of the Fed, saying, nah, no, 2023 is most likely going to be worse than 2022 uh, based on all your study and your experience. What do you think is going to happen?
0: So I'm going to come out with this. I thought I would have it done by now, but it's has been extremely swamped last week because we had this year-end discount and so yeah. much more business happened. We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, So I wasn't able to finish this report called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, but hopefully this week I'll have it done. If the Fed pivots, it's going to be really good. It'll be good for stocks, good for real estate, incredible for precious metals. I don't think the Fed's going to pivot. Yeah. So I think it's going to get bad or ugly. And we'll talk about what that means maybe next week or, you know, maybe a full show in the near future. But I'll come out with a report. It'll be all detailed. So I see why people are saying it's going to be good. It's, but it's only going to be based upon the Fed if yeah. they pivot. And the Fed last Wednesday unanimously said out of their minutes, we're not pivoting in 2023. We're going to be not rate lowering rates at all in 2023, so this is why Amazon now came out. They just mm-hmm. fired 18,000 workers. Goldman Sachs, who's been on an epic hiring spree, is now on the biggest round of cuts ever. Um, Salesforce, they just laid off ten percent. Ten percent, saw that their employees. I mean, this is the the tide goes in, the tide goes out. That's mm-hmm. where we're at. I'll tell you one thing that I'm concerned about, though, and that is mortgages. Mm. Interest rates a year ago were percent on a 30-year fix, and now they're 7%, and the National Mortgage Association is coming out, uh, mortgage bankers uh, is coming out with a plan called a 2-to-1 buy-down or a 3-to-1 buy-down. It's kind of like an arm, but you know what the interest rate's going to be. So in other words, let's just say you're the, the homeowner. You can't afford the payment for 30-year fix, so you get a discount rate the first year, you get another discount rate slightly higher the second year. But on the third year, wham, that's your full payment. Yeah. And now you have to live in reality. And so more than likely, we're probably going to have a recession in the next year or two. And in the next year or two is when this thing res- resets towards yeah. reality. Yeah. And so they're doing the same thing they did in 2006 and seven, which caused the 2008 not as severe, but don't get caught up in that. If you can't make a full payment now, don't expect in a bad economy two years from now, you yeah. to, to make a, a, a full payment then when you might have possibly lost your job. And I don't want to be negative. I'm just saying there's all kinds of layoffs coming oh, still. Yeah. Yep. And so I don't see that there's this big boom, but the Fed just also came out with the, what you call the 7% solution. This is James Bullard, the president of St. Louis Federal Reserve, He's saying we need to raise rates to 7% this year. Whoa. That's 2.5% higher than we are right, right now. Right now, right. Which would go in line with what I've been saying. They needed to get it to or higher to get inflation under control. He's finally the first Fed president wow. saying, talking normalcy, I mean, I don't like a 7-plus percent ratio. No, it's brutal. Rate. But historically, that's where we need to be or higher, probably closer to 8, 85 to get inflation under control, and as a result of all this, big banks are in trouble. They're, or they're saying big banks are saying, 2023 spells trouble. High interest rate. The Fed's not going to, you know, pivot. All yeah, these things yeah, out of the 20, out of the the largest banks, 23 largest financial institutions, and two thirds of them are saying, we're going to have problems in 2023. So. That's what the big boys are saying on Wall Street. There's a few herd cheerleaders. Be careful. The same cheerleaders that said 2022 is going to be fantastic <laughs> are pretty much the same ones yelling the same tune. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to be right because until the Fed pivots, and I highly doubt the Fed's going to pivot. No. Of course, the Fed was wrong last year. The Fed's been wrong quite a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll either learn from that or they're going to be wrong again. But I wouldn't bank all my money on something so powerful as the Fed, no making a mistake.
1: Definitely not. And and you gotta and really to take away from all that is, we all better be working hard to control our debt and control our spending. Exactly. You really have to be defensive in all of this, which of course brings us around to uh, gold and silver and, and what. Uh, you think might that be going on this year. It was, last year was strange because the, the power of the dollar, uh, which remained strong, which was really interesting, and which always has a, has an effect on gold and, and silver. But what do you expect this year in the gold and silver markets? And then uh, you mentioned a little bit ago how busy you were last week with the discount, which is traditional this time of year. But let's just start with generally 2023 for gold and silver.
0: So China just bought 30 more tons of gold. Uh gold has been inching its way up to 1900 right now uh that's a psychological number i think we're going to hit that i think we're going to be higher all the analysts that i've been reading uh who don't own a gold company who don't own a mining company but are just analysts from this the economics fundamental yeah. standpoint which is what we talk about are saying we're going to much, have much higher prices in gold and silver and a hand, quite a handful of them are saying this is the beginning of a major bull market in gold and silver. So if we look at last year, and last year the index uh, for the dollar went up 7.8%, which is just huge. Gold should have been down 20 30% by index, paper index I'm referring right. to. Uh, gold closed down a quarter of a percent paper-wise, but physical gold was up 21%, called wow. the, the Men's State Gold Index. Silver, its index was up 2.8% in paper, but the physical market was up 8.4%. So here's what I'm expecting for 2023. The physical markets, 10% minimum, 30% on the high end. I think that's a little bit too aggressive. I don't like saying that, but there's so many more people, not in my industry, but analysts and economists are saying these higher numbers for gold and silver I'll say 10 to 20% conservatively. I wouldn't be surprised if it was higher than that. I don't think stocks, the indexes, are going to be get, getting as clobbered as they were last year. The Dow is down 9%. The S&P down close to 20 The NASDAQ down 33%. I think if we cut those numbers in half for 2023, negative numbers, I think those are going to be realistic numbers. But if we get some green... It's not going to be till six months from now because that's when the Fed, if they do pivot, it's going to be six months or longer from now. So a lot of it's going to be based upon the Fed. But when I come out with this report called the good, bad, and ugly, it's going to give all these different scenarios. That's why there's three different types. It could be good, it could be bad, and it could be ugly. And the ugly is going to be revolving around our debt and the dollar and what. government might do and causing a shutdown those are the wild cards
1: yeah but all a reality and all out there, something you can go look at and and measure uh, quite easily it's not that big a deal real quick david real simply why the disparity between the paper market and the physical gold market so paper is a contract is
0: not when somebody wants to buy gold from us they don't they're not buying a contract in gold they're buying the physical gold product and we ship it to them in the mail right and that's how we've done business that's all i've been doing this for 28 years i never did any paper contracts a paper contract is just what do you think gold is going to do and you're putting a legal bet on it Hmm. i bet gold's going to go up x amount of dollars in x amount of time or i bet gold's going to go down in x amount of dollars x amount of time that's a that's called a contract and people do it in the dow people do in the nasdaq they they go long. They bet the market's going to go up. They go short. They think the market's going to go down. You can do the same thing in gold. So the paper index is not reflective of reality because people buy physical yeah. gold. It's all speculation. Physical silver. But usually we don't have this opposite where gold goes down in the paper market and the physical market goes up. That just tells you how strong people's belief is where we're going to into some financial right. calamity. So, again, follow your spirit, what your spirit is telling you. If you sense things are going to get worse or it's 2023, it's not going to be anything like we're out of the woods. Then you might want to think about getting some gold and silver and diversifying your portfolio.
1: Yeah. And this isn't uh, I'm never going to tell anybody to divorce uh, what you feel the Holy Spirit is saying to you versus wisdom. I mean, it's both. It's both. And there are a few times in Scripture, like in Paul's uh, life, where the Holy Spirit interrupts in a very strange way, keeps him from going here, gives him a dream to go there. But that's yeah. not normative. That's not the count. Most of the time, right. it's wisdom, which is brought through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you apply that kind of wisdom. So you have to be sensitive. You've got to use your brain and your spirit at the same time. You mentioned the, 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 the discount earlier. What's the deal with that? Is that still going on?
0: Yes, so last week was just extremely busy. Um, this happens because wholesalers have to pay an inventory tax ah. in, at the end of the year. And so most people don't know about this because in most of my industry, they don't pass this discount savings off to the client, but Landmark Capital does. So I was like, quote, Santa, if you want to put it that way, <laughs> loading up the sleigh in December. Tons and tons of discounted products were coming my way, and I was buying a lot of it waiting for january thought yeah. to try something different instead of making it in a rush between christmas and new year's i said let's just make this easy on the client easy on us too let's just apply this another program powered by the truth network whole thing all at once